Hi, welcome to The School Run. I'm Jane. And I'm Liv. And we are going to share with you the best conversations we have on our school run. We will invite guests and debate topics that affect and resonate with every generation. We all remember our own school run. So maybe have a think about yours. What do you remember? Hello and welcome to another episode of the School Run Podcast. If this is your first time listening, thank you for joining us first of all. Liv, my co-host and I, started this podcast in February 2023 as mum and daughter. At the time, Liv was 15 years old and we had a very long school journey. An hour and a half there, an hour and a half back, but we used to have the best chats. And so what we decided to do is put those onto a, a podcast platform, share them with the world... And also now we bring along amazing guests to join us on our school run and to share some wisdom for our audience. You know, every day is a school day and we're always learning, aren't we? Certainly you don't have to have it all figured out at school. And if you're a young person, GCSEs and A-levels certainly do not have to define you. In fact, the world is your oyster and you can end up in the most fantastic careers. And that's what we want to showcase through the School Run podcast. Liv, how are you feeling about this guest that we've got waiting in our studio? I'm very, uh, sorry, I'm very excited. I'm not very well, so I have quite a croaky voice. If I sound croaky, it's because I've got a sore throat. But I'm very, very excited. I'm sorry you're feeling (coughs) poorly today, but in the the live of us always being authentic you wanted to go ahead didn't you yes (laughs) mom we crack on as always and don't worry about your voice because i know that you'll ask some really insightful questions (laughs) of our guests is that all right with you yeah usually i go i've got another question (laughs) (laughs) so the lady that we've got joining us today is a lady called melissa nicholson melissa is the founder of kettlewell colors and she helps us to discover the power of color She makes women feel empowered, that you can shop with confidence, look great. And all year round, there are over 300 colours to choose from, from her amazing Kettlewell Colours company. We're really excited, Liv and I, for this episode because we're really into our colours. For people who have listened to previous episodes, we did Your Style Matters with Cliff Bashforth from Colour Me Beautiful. Colour Me Beautiful are one of our amazing sponsors on the podcast to enable us to bring this to you. We've also interviewed Sarah Harris, who did Your Colours Live. Yeah. And now we have the lady who enables us to shop with confidence with our colours. Melissa, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, well, thank you for inviting me, Jane and Liv. This is so exciting to be part of this. And I think you're so brave, Liv, to... um, to be doing this because I think at your age I I hadn't found my voice so I think this is a wonderful opportunity and I love your podcast. Oh thank you. (laughs) (laughs) And we've also met the most amazing people Melissa so Olivia has spoken to people from all different walks of life, ages, backgrounds and just for us it's a really beautiful thing so this 45 minutes that we're going to share with you is very special we feel very privileged so thank you for giving up your time when you are such a busy busy lady. Where do we start with your journey? Um, I'd like to start, really, with the, with something that you've recently added to Kettlewell Colours, which is your amazing colour studio. Um, and I know it's the latest project for you, and I'm sure you're on to the next one already. Yes. But tell us a little bit about you, Kettlewell Colours, and now the studio. 
Okay, so yes, it's where to start. I think let, let's start at that colour studio because to be really honest, it was in my vision right in the very beginning. So I had my colours done, as you both have, and I wanted, and this was a long, long time ago, I want to say 30 years ago, and there wasn't as much colour on the high street. So I said to my consultant, where can I go and get my apple green and sunshine yellow? And she said to me, well, you'll need to wait till the springtime because it's very difficult in the winter to find those bright spring colours. So that was the moment for me when I thought, oh, I want, you know, I've, I want to be able to shop my colours all year round, not just when it's seasonal. So I, I suppose that was the light bulb moment when I thought, wouldn't it be amazing if there were a shop that you could go into and you could have all your colours there and they would all be labelled so that you could find those colours. Because I don't know about you when you first had your colours done, you know, the consultant tells you these are the colours you should wear. And then when you go away, you kind of forget what did they say and which one? And you start matching colours when you go out to the shops. And then you have all those lights and they confuse you. So for me, the colour studio was always there in my mind. Um, but, it, you know, it was one thing at a time. So to start with, my husband and I, when we were, we decided to move out of London moved down to Somerset uh, with our two daughters at the time and we thought it was simpler to start with an online clothing business. Um, so that's what we did. We started with online and um, and we've always collaborated with other consultants and stylists. So the idea is you go and get your colours done and, um, and then the stylist presents you with a Kettlewell catalogue and shows you, you know, which styles are going to suit you and we label all the colours. So as I was saying, you know, it's very difficult when, you, when you've just had your colours done to know, well, which ones are my colours? So we actually label them and we have a filter system on our website. So you can just go in to shop by colour and, um, and you can filter by your season or your tonal palette. So I think, Liv, are you, are you cool or I can't remember what you are? Yeah, I can't remember. Uh, we have a little palette and I've not got it with me, but I um, think... So Olivia is soft cool and deep cool. in her tone soft, cool and deep. so you could just put into the filter you know you could put soft and cool into the filter and then the colors that suit you will come up and then you can click onto one of those colors you think oh i like that um that soft blush red and you can click on it and see the styles that are available that's so helpful because what i realize is first of all when i got them done I obviously had the colour palette that I had and I take it to the shop with me. But like you said, the lights in, in different shops is, is hard and sometimes it looks a yes. bit different. But also, I shop online a lot. And when I go on a website and maybe I type in like, I don't know, dark brown, the complete range of dark brown shades that I see and I'm like, but like which one exactly is the one that I need? <laughs> Exactly. And it is really hard. And I know also with, um, you know, when you're working on colours, you know, on screen or even for print, it's really hard to get an exact match. So I think by, you know, for us, we go, you know, I go into the light box when we get our fabrics back from the um, supplier and we literally look at it and we compare it to all our standards and then we code it. We put it into a palette and then we put those up online for you. So we've we've taken all that hard work out so that you can actually find those colours that really suit you. And then obviously on top of that, it's it's you find the colour, but you might be in the shop and actually it's not the style that suits your body shape. So... You know, it's yeah. it's the perfect colour, but it's, you know, if it was the perfect colour, but it was a big polar neck for me, 
that just wouldn't yes. work with my bigger bust. So, you know, for you've also not just done all of the shades of colour for people, but every different style of top that you could possibly want under a suit or a sweater or with a pair of shorts. So V-necks and round necks and slouch necks. And it's just, honestly what you've done, <laughs> Melissa, has really really impacted a lot of women and I bet you very rarely sit and reflect but maybe this is your moment to reflect because what an amazing job you've done oh well thank you that's that's very kind um I am quite obsessed with you know I'm forever trying to please my customers um and I know that's almost impossible because everybody is unique but I try and I think that's the beauty of what we do is we try to keep the styles quite simple but we change them up you know, like you were just saying, the necklines or sleeve lengths. And um, and then I suppose when we first started, John and I said, OK, well, all we need to do is a simple T-shirt. Let's do a V-neck and a scoop neck. And um, and then from there, you know, we would just listen to the customers. Oh, but what about a square neck? What about a cowl neck? What about knitwear? What about a print? What about a dress? So I've just been going on and on. So for 20 years, <laughs> I've just been following the customer. Oh, I'll try that. I'll try this. <laughs> So um, I, I love it. it. It keeps me busy. There's always something new to try. And, um, but I think what, what is wonderful, though, is whenever we do the photo shoots, and um, to start with, we often think, we've got so many colours, and how are we going to put all these colours together? And this is, this is exactly how it would be for a customer looking into their wardrobe. But what you find is when you identify with one of the palettes, everything goes together. So when we're doing the photo shoots, you know, let's say we have one of the models who's, um, you know, a spring or a clear, um, you know, you just choose those colors and you find that everything works together. So if you start buying for your season or your um, tonal direction, you can just shop each season, you can just keep adding something and you know that it's gonna go with the rest of the wardrobe. So that's, that's what I love about what we've been doing. So yes, I have been adding to the range, I've been, um, uh, looking at, at different body shapes. I've been looking at, you know, all my different customers, the different demographics and trying to please them all. But at the same time, I think what's the, the beauty of it all is that it all works together. Once you find your styles that suit you and you find the colours that suit you, you can just build on that without having to sort of waste too much in your wardrobe. And that brings us into, you know, obviously being having sustainable sustainability with our wardrobe also cost effectiveness with our wardrobe so although it's quite an upfront cost to have your colors done i took mm. you didn't i yeah because i thought you were going to go for your prom yeah <laughs> but you didn't end up going for a prom dress because we, you didn't go to prom but yeah. you said it was just completely life-changing it was because i i tend to sometimes i just think with trends and fashions and i've said this before on other podcasts sometimes like if i would see my friend wearing a piece of clothes and i think oh she looks really mm. good in that i want that and I, I I used to buy the clothes that I thought looked good on other people and then got them and realised that they don't actually suit me and, and then it made me feel not as good and I'd end up just not wearing it, keeping it in my wardrobe and then end up throwing it away. So actually it was a waste of money. But, but now that I have known my style and my colour, I'm actually buying clothes that I know suit me and, oh, it's amazing. <laughs> Do you know, Melissa, when she... When when she when she got in the car she just turned to me and she went because I didn't know the reaction of a 15 year old girl you don't know what the reaction's going to be but she just turned to me and she said mum that was life-changing I love no I love that that is fantastic and do you know what Liv I'm seeing this in your generation 
you know, I'm seeing this trend is coming back, this colour trend, because you're, you're understanding why it's so important. You know, I mean, I, um, you know, the, the group of brands that I work with, you know, we do focus on sustainability. It's really, really important. But I think that um, my angle on it is, is actually making the right cho choices to start with, and then you're less likely to waste those clothes. You know, that's what's really important. Not only do you feel better, you wear your clothes more, uh, you receive compliments, obviously, but you, it's that <laughs> wastage, you know, it's not wasting clothes. And I, uh, you know, with my children, you know, they are from 25 to 18, um, you know, they are very, very conscious of, you know, what, you know, the world, the planet, you know, and what we're doing. And I mean, they all buy secondhand, actually. They buy on vintage, they buy and sell on vintage, and they go, you know, my 18-year-old son was in London and he was in all the, you know, secondhand shops coming back with things, you know. So I think your generation is is really, you know, you're really sort of taken on with this. And I can see as well on TikTok, for instance, that the younger generation's really gone crazy for colour analysis. And I love this because you're seeing why it's so important to understand your colours. And it is life-changing, you're quite right. Um, and, um, and that's, you know, if I'm going to work my way back around to the studio, the colour studio, that's what I want to do is I want to invite people, invite our customers to come to the studio and identify with the colours and styles that really work for them. We've got these trained stylists in there who guide you and help you to find the colours and styles that really work. So it's going into a shop, not where you're told, oh, try this, it'll go with that, or, you know, everyone suits black or any of those kind of myths. It's actually... Well, let me see, you know, so which, what are your colours and what are your styles? And then presents you with things that are going to work for you. And I think this is, um, this is a new way of shopping. This is what I'm trying to introduce in the studio. And what I'm seeing is that, that your generation, Liv, are really receptive to this. They're really interested you know, yeah, I've I've seen it. I've seen it all over TikTok as well, and everyone. And because usually what happens is there's maybe like a, a trend of a, a certain style of skirt, or if I think like um a, a tight fitted dress, and then you just see everyone that follows the trends. Whereas now you can see more people that are actually buying clothes that they know suit them and and the colors that suit them and and everything like that and i really i mean i've done it recently for mm. this halloween party that i'm going to and my friends we chose um to go as like a three thing and the other two colors were black and red which i knew didn't suit me so i said you know what i'll go as the white one and pick like a creamy one because i know that it suited me <laughs> Perfect. I love that. Why not? <laughs> Why not? And it's interesting because someone said to me the other day um, that they were trying, they were going to pick their child up from the college that Liv goes to. There's thousands of students that go to her college, thousands of them. And she just said, she looked at me and she said, well, I can't spot my daughter because they all wear black. Oh, yeah. And I, and she said, doesn't your daughter wear a lot of black? And I was like, That's, um, actually, she doesn't because she's had her colours done. Yeah, that was my problem because my netball team, the kit is black and... And it was the day before our match and she said, so you need to come in all black and in my wardrobe there is no black. So I had to go to Tesco the night before just to buy something black because I don't own it because I just know that it, it doesn't suit me. It's just too dark. And everyone else has everything that's black. And I'm like, what? <laughs> no, there is an obsession with black, isn't there? I mean, I think... You know, when I think about, I'm like you, Liv, I don't have anything black in my wardrobe because for me, I mean, it doesn't do me any favours. It literally cuts my head off. But I think, you know, people hide in black. And I think it's when you don't know, if you're unsure, you kind of think, well, 
I think black suits everybody, but actually it doesn't really. It's really quite harsh and dark on, on a lot of people. So I think, um, again, it's, we want to sort of try and move away from that, that black trend. And, you know, I really want to help people discover the colours that actually give them energy and make them feel confident in themselves and not have to revert to black. Um, yeah, I, I've never heard of a, a netball team that wears black, though. I've never seen a... It's just it's because our, our dresses have, our dresses are actually black and red, um, but our dresses haven't come yet. So 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 that we all look the same. I think the coach just guessed that we'd all have something black, and then just said, "Guys, it's all coming black." And I was like, um, "I don't own anything that's black." <laughs> it's so interesting. Let's let's go back, Melissa, because um, certainly for our listenership, we've got a lot of women predominantly women listening to the school run podcast age between about 15 and 59 but also a lot of young people mm-hmm. um and often this you know when we were chatting about doing the podcast olivia and i would have lots of conversations about what she was going to do when she grew up what what subjects to choose mm-hmm. what direction to go in and actually we don't all have it figured out at school and i'm certainly sure that you didn't do your gcse's or your a levels o levels a levels and, and was sat there thinking, I'm going to own Kettlewell Colours and have a colour studio at that point in time. Well, as we know, it came because you had your colours done. So what was what was school like for you? And what was the trajectory that school had you pinned down for or yourself? Mm, uh, that's a really interesting question. I, I actually really enjoyed school, but for all the wrong reasons. Um, I was a bit naughty at school and, or shall I say, distracted. So um, I, I loved sport. Um, so people would say, what's your favorite lesson? And I'd say, oh, athletics or netball or hockey or something. It was, no, what academic subject? Oh, I don't know. That was more difficult. So I think for me, you know, I, um, I wasn't very focused at school. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I enjoyed it. Um, but what I've realized now is how important school is not just for those academic subjects. You know, I I think the sport is brilliant because it teaches you collaboration and, you know, and that is the most important thing I find in business, collaboration, people, people, you know, you work with people that you get on with, you can communicate with. Um, I also learned um, about all, it's all the other things like music and drama, and like, you know, you do the little voices, I think understanding that you do have a voice and, and, and actually it is worth speaking up to be heard. I think it's all these extra things that I now realise, I reflect back on, and I think I did actually learn an awful lot at school. Um, and in terms of the academic subjects, you know, I, I, I managed to scrape through, you know, got some O-levels, but, um, but actually it was, I wished somebody had said to me at the time, um, focus on what you're really interested in. Because I was sort of thinking, I just went into panic mode, oh, I've got to get my grades, rather than actually what's, what's important, what am I interested in? Because whatever you're interested in will actually take you down the right avenue. Um, and so I suppose what, what I'm interested in is, is, is people, you know, I love understanding people. If I'd known there was a subject called psychology when I was at school, you know, I would have definitely gone for that. Um, you know, I love business. Um, I always used to say that I was terrible at maths because I can't add up or I, I just couldn't, I couldn't relate to maths. I didn't know why I was doing it. Um, I thought, well, I don't want to be an accountant, you know, so, but actually I do find figures really interesting now because they tell a story. I wish somebody had said to me, you know, just go, 
use use maths, use the numbers to tell the story and just think of it as logical, you know, rather than me sort of panicking, I can't, you know, I can't do those equations. I can't solve that problem. I can't, yeah. <laughs> Exactly. So um, where was I at the time? I don't know. I didn't really have a direction, to be really honest. I, um, I thought um, I loved food. So I thought maybe I'm going to go and be a cook. You know, I just had no idea. And actually, when I left school, um, I didn't have good enough grades to go to university. And most of my friends did go to university. And I was sort of left slightly high and dry. And, um, and one of um, I think one of the things you said in your introduction was that, you know, it's not, you know, it's not the end of the world if you don't get your grades. Actually, you just go off on a different course. And that's what I have learned. I think I, it made me sort of really, really think, okay, so I'm not going down the same route as most of my friends. I'm going to have to do something else. It really made me focus on what is it that I'm good at? or What can I do for somebody else? And that's an important lesson. You know, you often think, well, what do I want to do? Where do I want to work? Well, what about turning it and sort of thinking, what what strengths do I have and how can I be helpful to another business? You know, what can I add? What can I give to that business? And that's what I that's what I took with me. And and I actually decided that if I could choose any job, I wanted to get into fashion and I wanted to work on the King's Road. So okay. I I just kept focusing on that. I thought fashion, King's Road, let's and I managed to find a job. It was, um, it was, um, there was an interview going for literally just a, you know, receptionist. I couldn't even type. I was pretty useless when I left school. Um, but I went in for this interview and I remember saying to the MD, um, cause she said to me, if there's nothing on your CV, why should we employ you? And I said to her, if you give me two weeks, I promise you that I will make it worth your while. I will do everything and anything you need me to do. I will make coffee, I'll clean the toilets, I'll run <laughs> around, I'll go and get, you know, I'll, I'll be the errands girl. I will do anything. I, this, is, this is where I want to work and I would like to do anything I possibly can for you. Anyway, she said, um, I'll give you two weeks. And I was there 15 years and I learnt everything wow. I ever learnt at school. So this was, um, just explain for those that don't know King's Road, explain okay. what King's Road is and the type of place that you were working in for all of those years. Okay, so I, so I used to, I lived in, the, uh, in, um, in Wiltshire in the countryside and I used to go meet my friends in London and we used to, at, at the time, this is back in um, sort of late 80s, um, and we used to meet on the King's Road in Chelsea and it used to have very fashionable shops then. Um, so we used to wander up and down and go into the shops and, um, and you know, try things on. But, um, and so I, I just sort of loved the hub there. There was a Vivian Westwood shop there at, at World's yeah. End, which I loved, obviously couldn't afford anything, but I used to go in there and dream and just look at the designs. Um, but there were lots of exciting shops. And so for me, that was, you know, that was the, the highlight. And also that gave you a real focus to think those are the types of shops or that's the type of fashion that I want yeah. to be involved in. Yeah. Um, and, and so that sort of gave you a little goal. And then obviously it was how to how to conquer that goal and saying, take me on for two weeks. And then you were there 15 years. Incredible story. Yeah, it is. Wow. <laughs> it, it, I, I was just when you said uh, you were there for 
15 years. I thought, really, that long? I thought you were going to say, oh, and I was there for, like, two years. And you said 15. I was like, wow. <laughs> so you must have done lots of roles then within I that did. business. You didn't stay as the receptionist not being able to type. No, I did learn to type, though. I learned to type. Um, I Yeah, so I, I did all sorts of things from, you know... Um, I was I helped out on buying accessories. I would go and help on the photo shoots. You know, I was literally the runaround girl. And they they used to call me um, Annika. Do you remember Challenge Annika? Oh, Annika Rice. Yes. Annika Rice. Because if um, if something needed doing or a prop needed buying or they you know somebody need it was a mission impossible. They'd say right, let's get Melissa on it. Like it was you know the guy just used to like the challenge. So that's how I started when I was young, and I would literally just go everywhere and just. I would fly all over the world actually on photo shoots and then when I settled down and sort of grew up a bit I then found myself in marketing which I really enjoyed and um, so there we go using the figures to tell a story um, and I and then I found myself working in so I used to get all the um, marketing information all for the catalogue so we used to produce catalogues then um, for um, mail order businesses all over the world and I would get all the figures and the rankings and so I used to look at what was selling in in all the books and all over the world and I started becoming interested in which colors sold in which country so the color thing was already this is before I had my colors done it was all my brain was already going well this color thing's really interesting you know why does yellow sell in Sweden but not in Japan for instance and why is this this color emerald it was it was called jade but it's basically emerald turquoise why does that seem to sell across the world so I noticed that there are some universal colors that um, sold across the world and then there were some very specific colors so I got more and more involved in the marketing I then started doing layouts for um, different catalogs so I did all sorts of things did lots of traveling traveling to all over to to the other mail order businesses and um, which is what sort of set me up really for Kettlewell Colours. Hi everyone, we hope you're enjoying this episode so far. We're just cutting in to say if you're enjoying our podcast, please click the follow button on whichever platform you're listening on and please leave us a review. We'd be so grateful for your support and feedback. Podcasts are free to listen to, but if you are loving our school run chats and debates, please consider buying us a virtual coffee. The link will be in the description of every podcast episode and it will also be in the bio of our Instagram, which is at the school run underscore official. And why not give it a follow while you're there so you can see all the updates and get sneak peeks at upcoming episodes. Thank you so much and happy listening. Yeah, absolutely. That was so interesting when you were saying how some colours sell in different countries and and others across the world. I, I I wonder why that's like, I don't know. That's interesting. I think. Yeah, I, I guess it's because of skin tones and different cultures and, um, yeah, heritage. I suppose as well. Is it what 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 other stories did you gather from that? Well, I was d- just um, uh, just coming away from that side of marketing and into the Kettlewell world of marketing. We have something called a colour quiz. So if for people who aren't ready to go and get their colours done, we have a colour quiz online. So you can go in and do the quiz and we'll assign you a season. And, um, and we were looking at the stats for that recently. And we noticed in the UK that we have more autumns and in the US we have more winters which is really interesting. And then I was thinking about um, in the UK, 
Um, the if you think about the sort of colouring that, that that I mean I know I'm sort of generalising now, but if we were going to say what's the indigenous population of the UK, you kind of think of that auburn hair, brown hair, or sandy look. You know, maybe in Scotland you you have more of the sort of reddish hair, the strawberry blonde. But um, I don't know, maybe in the winter, maybe there are, you know, more of that high contrast, darker skin tone. I don't know. It's just, it's just interesting to see that shift. I'd love to do some more analysis on it. Yeah, I was I wondering, because obviously when we went to get our colours done, they don't have seasons. So what what colours is meant in a season? I'm guessing autumn's like your, your orange, your brown, and that's yes. what I'm guessing. Yeah, that's you're absolutely right. Yeah, so there's, I mean, you've got the seasonal analysis seasons, and then you've got the tonal direction. So they they basically mean the same thing, but they divide the colours up slightly differently. So the seasons are divided into four, and then within those four, they they give you they you can be like a um, you know a bright splashy spring or a blue spring or a golden spring, for instance. Um, whereas the tonal directions, we're all we're all re we're already they divide those up for you. So, um, for instance, your soft. So soft is where summer and autumn meet. That's at that softer end of the palette. So you're soft and cool, which pulls you into the summer palette. So you would actually be a summer if you were seasonally um, analysed. Yeah, it's interesting because years ago, Melissa, I don't know if I think we touched on this on our call when we were chatting about the podcast. So I trained as a, as a consultant, as an image consultant when I was at university. And it was very much pin money to me at the time. I used to help the other singers to choose their dresses for singing opera and, and performing. Um, and it was very much a sideline for me at that time. But it, but it was a mix of, of tone and season then. So you would have been soft summer, exactly that. So that cooler side summer. But if you went on Kettlewell Colours to look at some of the, the clothes, you'd probably go for the summer summer palettes and, and the softer shades yeah, of those yeah it is in and i wouldn't so in your studio <coughs> sorry um in your studio so do you follow like trends or or fashions in color or do you have like literally just every single color and every single style in that studio like more of like the staple pieces does that make, does that every, make sense every season yeah, yeah. I, um, yeah, no, I totally understand. So we always, you know, with the designers, they're always looking at the current trends. But what we've discovered is that we don't necessarily follow those trends. So, so for instance, if yellow is, I keep seeing yellow keeps coming up. It was sort of buttery yellow as a sort of fashion color at the beginning of the season. Then I saw some brighter yellows. Now, yellow is actually quite a difficult color for a lot of people to wear. Um, everyone can wear yellow, but you have your different version. Um, I, I do actually suit yellow. I'm wearing yellow today, but um, but but it's not going to be necessarily. It, well, it isn't a best-selling color for us. It's quite a difficult color, so I wouldn't order as much yellow um, as I would, for instance, blue, because everyone's very comfortable with blue. So it, it's not really it's not trend-led. But what we do try to do is to accommodate all the different um, skin types. So, you know, if you're so if you're soft, um, they're going to be some um, some really sort of pretty um, sort of rosy colors and sort of smoky blues and, you know, some plummy colors. So you're going to want those colors. So there's no if they're not in fashion, you're still going to want them because, you know, they look good on yeah. you. So I try to accommodate people you know, their skin tones rather than the fashion colour, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, 
Yeah, and, and obviously, you know, once you start um, building a range of color, it takes up a huge amount of space. When people come to our warehouse here, they can't believe how huge it is and how many boxes there are. Because, you know, you just think of the stock permutations, how many, you know, if I have 20 colors, you know, in, in uh, three styles, that's already taking up a huge amount of the bays. So what we try to do is to put a lot of the, um, a lot of the colors, the color choice in those more sort of like basic styles, if you like. So for instance, our best selling style is a, what we call a silky roll neck. And um, I think we've got about 30 colors at the moment in that style. But then if we're introducing a new style, um, that may not uh, may, may only be available for one season then we might only have six and then if it does particularly well we might order a few more quite often if it's a popular style the customers would say well I've got it in that Chinese blue please could you know but I want another color yeah. you know so then the next season will if it's been popular then we might add some more colors so it's it's quite it's quite a challenge building the range because, you know, you don't want to stock up on thousands and thousands and thousands of colors and not be able to sell them. So we have to do it quite gradually. And build uh, the range. Sorry, I have another question. I was just wondering if, for example, when I go shopping online and I tend to see um, you, you staple pieces, maybe like, um, I don't know, maybe it's just like a long sleeve scoop net top that I wear that's plain. They always just tend to have it in, in white and black and neither of those two colors suit me so i wonder do you have <clears throat> do you have every all your pieces do you have them in white and black or is it like all the colors that could suit everyone if that well i think i think as melissa yeah. said it's about if she brings a new range out then she'll do it in six six or eight colors to begin with but yeah but what them. i mean is, is 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 within those six colors will there be white and black because from what i see on online shopping every single staple piece they only have it in white or black okay so, so for kettlewell colors yeah. i suppose are you saying that they are you thinking do they not have any white or black no not that they, but do they have those as the staple colors or or not i i know what you're i know exactly what you're saying Liv, and it's a very good question um because i'm i'm limited with the number of colors that i can bring into the range because i have um I have some people here who say the warehouse is full. <laughs> you know, you're limited in how many colors. Because obviously I want to do every color, including black and white. Um, but when I'm limited, I do tend to look at, um, there's some exciting colors. I want to give exciting colors for my customers. But there are, but we do need black and white because for instance, those who suit it look really good in it. And they might want to wear, let's say a fuchsia jacket and they just want a white top underneath. You know, and cream is no good to them. So I do, um, I do sprinkle in some black and white across the range. I wouldn't use it as a, a staple. I wouldn't have it as an essential color, but it's definitely there in the collection. And it, I used to, I used to think, well, we don't need that because um, there are more exciting colors. But now I realize actually some people just they do want that, and it's and they come to shop for us. Uh, shop with us um, you know they might be buying the the brighter colored jacket or a wrap or a cardigan but they they don't want to go elsewhere then to go and get the white or the black top so that's how I use it I try and give them something that they can use and they use it as their neutral it's, you've got a fascinating role I just I'm thinking about all the different areas of your business that are just fascinating from the you know, the print that you do, the online, the community with your, is it called the Colour Club? Mm. Um, 
can't. Yeah, then from choosing models, I bet you're really particular about the different models that you use to photograph. Because oh, yeah. oh, yeah. you're not going to put the the wrong colour on, on the, the wrong tone on the wrong model, are you? Because it would just go against everything you stand for. Yeah, and it's like on uh, when you go on online shopping, it annoys me so much because they always put models in that, seem to have this hourglass shape and the the tight dresses look amazing on them and I think but I don't have that shape so it won't look as good on on me so you can't yes. really see really what it's going to look like realistically when all the models look a certain way yeah. but I bet you're really particular yes. aren't you Melissa we are we are and it's a it, gosh it's a it's a challenging one the model choice because obviously everybody wants to see somebody who looks exactly like them but as we know, everybody's very unique, so that's really difficult. So what I try to do with the model choices is to choose somebody who, who is, is going to show off the colour palette. That has to be my sort of like first point of call. That's the first choice because it's really important that we show demonstrate those colours. Um, we try to, I mean, I've, you know, we've tried lots of different things with models. I mean, what works for us is somebody who's sort of like early 30s um, I know that a lot of people think that our models are very slim, but we always choose somebody who's a 10 rather than eight. Um, I have used um, models in the past who are size 14, but they don't necessarily s sell as much as the, you know, is, is getting the right model for us who shows the clothes. But I think what's what's fantastic is this Kettlewell Colour Club that you you mentioned, because that's an area, that's where you can go. It's a Facebook group, it's private in there. So, you, you know, you have to... Um, go through a few questions to to join and it means it's a space where people can try on clothes and show other customers what they look like and they can say oh I've got a you know I've got a column figure or an hourglass or whatever you just like to describe it and they can say their age or whatever they're comfortable to share and then that's really useful for other customers and we've also got on our website now you can actually if you go if you click onto a style you'll see some that it's it, there's an option to upload a photograph of yourself and customers are uploading pictures there we're actually trying to encourage more of our customers to upload so that when you look at the model picture you can kind of get an idea of how it looks you know that's the standard but it might not be you but then you can look at the the pictures of the customers wearing it and that's really helpful too i can see your passion um, for the customer you are completely customer centric aren't you i can i can just i, I feel that from you <laughs> and that's wonderful because you're developing in a direct response to what your customers are wanting um, it, it's absolutely wonderful. How long has Kettlewell Colours been going? How did you start it? I know you had your colours done and then came up with the brainwave, but mm -hmm. did chill, your children come before or midway through this journey? Tell us a little bit about that. Okay, so uh, 2004 is when we started. So we've got our 20th anniversary next year. Next year. Next year. Going to have to do something for that. Um, uh, <laughs> and my, so my eldest daughter is 25 and middle daughter is 23. Um, so they um, were with us in London. My husband and I worked in London. Um, and then they moved down to Somerset with us when we started Kettlewell. Um, I, um, as you can tell, well, my 18-year-old son um, was actually, yeah, probably wasn't great timing having another baby when you start a business I probably wouldn't recommend it anyway got to go with um so so I actually so we we found a um converted pig shed that we rented from a farmer 
and um, built that as our office. It was a tiny little space with a little sort of stockroom really for, for our stock. We started very small. And, um, and we, we just started very simply. We actually, when I say simply, our first photo shoot was crazy. I had nine models and they were all friends and family. And I didn't appreciate the professional models at the time, but I had my brother-in-law was the photographer, my sister-in-law was the makeup artist, my hairdresser, <laughs> I sort of dragged her out of her salon to do the hair. And then we had all these <laughs> friends and family around. And um, anyway, we managed to put a few, get a few images together, but that was really, really, really hard work, that photo shoot. And then we just set it up slowly. My husband um, just got, um, he just set up the website. Um, you know, we had to dial up to get broadband. You'll have no idea what that means, probably live. We had no internet. <laughs> I remember. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, you just, you didn't have automatic internet. You just, people didn't really shop online. It was all very, very new. Um, so we did rely on the, um, the consultants to introduce us to customers. Um, but yeah, so after about a year or so, I then um, gave birth to my son, pretty much in the office. I mean, I closed the office at six o'clock, went home and had him at home at 11 o'clock. Wow. And I know, and then carried, and that it was lucky, my husband always says, it was lucky you had him on a Friday evening because you could be back in the office by Monday. <laughs> <laughs> I, start, I can relate very much so Melissa because I started my business Little Voices where we teach drama and singing to children across the UK um, Olivia was three months old when I started that business and, and I was on my own um, with her as a sole parent and um, literally as soon as I gave birth within a few days I was back at work and you know ploughing ahead and uh, growing yeah. the business and, and the rest is history but we do it don't we because we love what we do so much I know, I know, it was, it was very exciting. And I, um, I mean, sometimes I think, oh, my poor children, but actually um, they, they used to quite enjoy coming in and helping out. Um, so they, they all got involved in the holidays and um, earned some pocket money. I've actually got one, one of my son is actually downstairs picking and packing now because he's just left school and is saving up to go traveling. <laughs> Amazing. So it's quite useful. Amazing. So you 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 had the website. I know that I remember being a consultant and, and Colour Me Beautiful sending me or Cliff recommending that I got a Kettlewell Colour brochure and became on the mailing list. And yes. I ordered, I had a whole range in my studio um, of the tops and I sold quite a few. Um, and then for a period of time, obviously colour sort of left my life because I, I built little voices and life went on. But it's just recently this year when I went to Sarah to have Olivia's colours done, I said, oh, Kettlewell colours are still around. Oh, yeah, she said, look at this brochure. And I looked there and I was like, wow. So then I got my next door neighbour, my mum, my mother-in-law are back on your mailing list. Um, and I received my my catalogue the other day. It is phenomenal what you've done. And then to, to hear about the colour studio, I've said to you, we really need a trip down to go oh, and yeah. have a little visit. Come. But yes, well, I know it, it is. It's been a very, very exciting journey. I've loved every minute. But yes, no, please do come to our colour studio. I'll tell you, I've got a very good date for you. Because go on. Okay. Cliff is coming to do a talk, a demo. So come and shop with Cliff. Oh and wow! Is, yeah, he's coming on the seventeenth of November. Yep, at, at ten o'clock, and um, you can book online. Just go onto our website, 
and, um, and there's even a tab there which says Colour Studio and if you go on there you'll see a listing for Cliff and you select that, it's £10 just to book and you can come and listen to him, have a glass of fizz and then shop, uh, shop with our stylist. Oh, absolutely incredible. I mean, I think you're going to be packed out that day because um, Cliff came on our, our podcast and honestly, he... He blew people away with the, with the episode. I mean, it's had one of—is it the second most listened to episode? Yeah. On our entire After the podcast first journey, one. yeah. I think it's episode nineteen. Your style matters, where he yeah. talks yeah, about all is. things style, and then um, he—he's just fascinating and brings it to life. And I'm sure Brilliant. that your customers are going to yeah. love it. Well, he's a great storyteller, Cliff, and um, and he's an optimist. So I've I've been chatting to Cliff for years and years now. And um, and he's always got something positive to say, always. That's Absolutely. Cool. And has there ever been? And maybe that begs a question. I'm taking my husband to have his colour and style done. Um, he's very willingly agreed to do it. <laughs> have you ever considered going into the male market with the male shirts? Is that something that's ever oh, been on yes, in the pipeline? Oh yes, we have already. Oh so, right. I know. I I think we need to do a bit more marketing there. Um, uh, I need a few more male models, don't I, um, to sell it for us. But no, we have. We've start very simply. We've got um, we've got some polo shirts, t-shirts. We've got um, a, a half zip sweatshirt, Amazing. and um, and actually, we have got a brand new merino sweater that's just coming out for Christmas, and um, we're working on some shirts as well, which will um, well we'll have we'll hopefully have some shirts coming soon. But perhaps oh, I love, Melissa, I didn't know that you had the male range. I wonder how, when people listen from the Colour Club yeah. to this episode, whether they can get yeah. all of their husbands and sons and, you know, exactly. uncles and brothers involved as well. Because this colour, I just think it's going to get stronger and stronger. It, it's it's going to, I think it really is going to explode. It is becoming more and more popular. Well, I couldn't leave the men out, you see, because all the, um, you know, again, my customers were saying, oh, but my husband, he's had his colours done and he needs a shirt in the right colour. And also my, um, you know, my son downstairs, you know, he's a, he's a deep summer and, you know, and he was um, asking for a polo shirt and my husband wanted a, you know, so the, every, men are as obsessed. And the other thing about men is they quite like shopping by numbers when they find something that works for them. They just want it again and again. Yeah. You know, they normally just want blue. So um, <laughs> yeah, we have got lots of shades of blue. Um, yeah, you can't just have any blue. It's got to be your blue, isn't it? Of course. I mean, you need to see Olivia's TikTok, actually, with my father, who is quite a big chap. He's 70. He's such a good sport, Melissa. And we used oh, him on yeah. our TikTok to advertise Cliff's um, episode because it was Father's Day, the weekend of, of his episode coming out. Amazing. And he did... A, I went to Matalan and bought a really bad couple of t-shirts for him for his body shape and his tone and um and then I bought him a, he got his lovely blue one on and he did a fabulous tiktok I'm going to send it to you because it's hilarious <laughs> but it's it, it, it is so it is so important um anybody in your life Melissa that has been a, a, a good teacher or a mentor that's that's brought you to where you are today that sticks out in your mind yes well I had um I mentioned earlier about maths, and I have to say, this one maths teacher called Mr. Reese. He, um, you know, I, I was a hopeless case with maths. I'm going to be honest now. It, you know, it didn't look like I was going to get my O level. So that 
live they were called o levels back in that in the day not gcses <laughs> and um and it was sort of getting to you know it was getting to the point which was the day before the exam and i said i, I just can't remember the formulas i can't do it how am i going to pass this because they always said maths is important and he said okay just he said it doesn't matter if you don't finish the paper just think of it logically just think just go through each question and just Think of it logically. Don't try and remember anything. Just let it tell the story. And that uh, that is what has stayed with me. That That's the advice that um, I still use today. And I still let the figures tell the story. And I'm not frightened of figures anymore. Still can't add up quickly. But I can, I can use those figures to guide me, point me in the right direction. So um, I'm... It's really interesting that you said that. I met with one of our franchisees on Friday and we were talking through um profit and losses and and you know because my role very much now is about business development with our franchisees and i was saying don't be scared of the numbers they tell us a story and just ask a better question and you'll get a better answer yeah um and it really does help and guide and shape you but unfortunately those are not the things we're taught at school we learn that unless you've had a great teacher like yourself to Mm. to to probe that it's just get this answer correct or not yes exactly (laughs) So how wonderful. What would you go back and tell your younger self or a younger person today with your years of wisdom in business, being a mum, following your passion and your heart? What would would you say to a younger person right now? Um, I would say, don't, you know, like, I I think I would always say to them, if there's a problem or if you fail, if there's something that doesn't work out, it's like not to treat it as a problem or as disaster. It's actually to see it as an opportunity because it's actually those problems or that, that moment of failure where you can actually find growth, you can find the solutions. That's, that's a really great starting point. So, so I would say to myself, don't panic, you know, because I, I, I have, to be honest, have quite a few of those moments where I've been at rock bottom. So I would go back mm-hmm. and say, don't panic. Just find the solution because behind every problem there is a solution, you know. That so that that would be You're so right. (laughs) You're so right. And I honestly I think we've shared almost a a similar parallel life in different businesses. But I I know one of my girls that worked with me for many years, she always turns around and said, The one thing she she messaged me on Instagram the other night, the one thing you always taught me was every problem has a solution. And I was like, Because it does, because you can find it. You just have to look hard That's enough. It. Every cloud has a silver lining. Am I it does. All of these wonderful words of wisdom. But yeah, but that's what that's what I would say to myself. Don't panic. <laughs> oh, that's lovely. Um, thank you for joining us on our school and podcast. How have you enjoyed this, Liv? How... Oh, it's been great. It's been. I always love these ones about colour because I feel like once when you've experienced it, you 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 really un you really understand it, and and I feel like I can really talk about it and and show how amazing it is because because I've experienced it. And, and you've come up against a little bit of, not, well, a bit of sort of, what's the word? Um, objection from friends, haven't you? You know, they've perhaps thought, well, is it too restrictive or does it make you choose less fashionable things? You've had yeah, some of that so, yeah, conflict, haven't some you? Some of my friends, they have said, they've like, yeah, well, I wouldn't be like to, I wouldn't like to be told what I can and can't wear and and seeing as a lot of my friends do just wear black all the time and whether that's because 
maybe they want to hide themselves and not confident in in the way that they look or the clothes that they buy I'm, I'm not sure but they they are like they don't want to be told what to wear which is where I thought I know but if you have the experience and just be open-minded to the experience you never know because it could it could just change your life and then you don't have to just shop online at the normal shops you yeah. can go to Kettlewell Colours you can Get the t-shirts the or the, the jumpers or the jackets that you need for interviews. Yeah. and Because um, at, the, at the end of the day, everyone wants to look good because I, I feel like when, when you look good, you, you feel good. And people say, yeah, you have to feel good within yourself and it's not about your look. But I think <clears throat> when you really wear... <coughs> sorry. When you really wear something on and feel really, really confident in what you look like, you genuinely just feel more confident and I, I've felt it like when I'm in my big baggy hoodie and my big joggers and all in black I just I don't feel very confident and I slouch my shoulders and I sit like this and I'm not I'm not very happy but when I wear like bright colours like my, my pink jumpers and and I really put effort in into what I look like I genuinely do feel a lot more confident and I have my shoulders back and I walk straight and and I feel like I give good eye contact. And it might sound a bit weird that looking good makes you feel that way, but it, it just wow. it just does. Liv, you are amazing. You've literally taken the words <laughs> out of my mouth. You need to come and be a spokesperson for me. I think I need to I need to borrow you. You're just you you completely and utterly got it. That is the whole point of it. And it's not about being told what to wear. You're not being told it's like you're being you know it's like you discover some colors that make you feel amazing and you just want more of it you just get addicted to it you know everyone can yeah. wear any color they want but it's just when you discover the ones that really that resonate with you that make you feel fabulous and make you shine and feel the, like your authentic self you just want more of it simple as that isn't it yeah yeah, it is. It's just been show, shown that path, isn't it? Yeah. And I think yeah. we just have to keep spreading the word. And I, and certainly with our podcast, Melissa, we are absolutely passionate about our colours, both of us, about collaborating and bringing everyone that wants to make young people and, you know, older people up to, you know, feel better, feel empowered, have more wisdom, show them all the alternative paths. And certainly colour, style, shopping at Kettlewell Colours and coming to your studio, absolutely 100% will do that. And it's almost like I could give them a money back guarantee that if it didn't, <laughs> because I know that you will feel you will feel better. Um, and so let's keep empowering these young people together. What a great episode. We always finish to shape our episodes, Melissa, with a... Um, a school run memory, maybe your own school run mm -hmm. memory, maybe when you've taken your own children to school. It doesn't matter which or mm -hmm. how many you share. Um, but in the before we come on to our final memory, I would just like to say to everyone, if you want to uh, read more about Melissa's story, uh, um, go to Kettlewell Colours website. Um, as she mentioned, Cliff, our fabulous one of our sponsors for the school run podcast, is down there on the 17th of November and you can order tickets to go and meet him and go to the colour studio if you're in that area or nearby. Um, but please, you know, just maybe buy someone a voucher or experience colour for yourself and then use the fabulous Kettlewell colours to 
to fill your wardrobe up. So with on that note, Melissa, let's, um, and I know they're all over social media as well, and we'll be sharing on this episode, won't we, in terms of tagging everybody in. But what's your schoolroom memory that you'd like to share with our listeners today? Okay, um, so I'm, I was actually at boarding school um, from the age of eight. And um, when, I, when I first went to school, I was very, very homesick. So my parents lived abroad, uh, which is why I went to boarding school. And, um, and they took me back to school one time with the dog. So the dog was called Lindy, it was a little Cairn Terrier. And I had the dog very much firmly next to me. She was giving me comfort when I was getting terribly nervous going back to school. Anyway, we arrived at school and the dog jumped out with me. My parents helped me to take my luggage up to my room, etc. And then we said goodbye and they drove away. But they forgot the dog. They forgot Lindy. So, and, and we didn't have mobile phones, so there was no... I, I couldn't call them to tell them that she was still there. But I was so thrilled because I knew that they had to come back because I had the dog there and I didn't mind if they'd left <laughs> So that was, that's my favourite school run journey, keeping the dog. And I, oh. I don't think they came back for at least a couple of hours. It took them ages to remember. By that point, you know, all my friends, you know, had been playing with the dog and she'd been racing around and we had a wonderful time. Oh, what a beautiful memory. Thank you for sharing that on our time capsule of conversations. Thank you, everyone, for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode, please go back and listen to others. Please, 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 would you click the follow button in the top right-hand corner of the podcast channel that you're listening to because it helps Liv and I and it also helps those wonderful sponsors that support us and we can just go on to grow and get better and better. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the School Run Podcast. We absolutely love doing the podcast. Podcasts are free to listen to, but if you'd like to buy us a virtual coffee, we'd be really, really grateful. You just need to go to www.buymeacoffee.com forward slash the school run. That's buymeacoffee.com forward slash the school run. You can also follow us on Instagram at the school run underscore official or TikTok with the same name at the school run underscore official and we always really appreciate your reviews and feedback on the platform that you're listening to you can review our podcast and give us a star rating we'd love to have your comments and receive your feedback thank you so much for being a massive support of our journey